0: And a warm welcome to the Afternoon Show. I'm Bill Arnold. I'm so happy to be here. You know I love Mondays, and we've got listeners uh, all the way from Geneva, Switzerland, to Lake Geneva, Wisconsin. So I'm thrilled that people are tuning in all over the world, and I'm looking forward to spending as much time as you can spare today with me. I hope you had a chance to have a great weekend, and maybe you caught Carmen this morning on the drive into work, and now you're catching me on the drive home. I think that's a pretty sweet deal. Hopefully, you caught a little of Susie Larson live today. I know she had a great guest, and I'm just so happy to be spending time with you because I love routines. And that's one of the things I'm going to talk to my friend Patrick Albany's about today. He is a uh, friend and a um, companion, com- confidant. What other letter works? You're just there? looking for, you're doing some alliteration here. I am. Right? I'm looking for three three
1: in the the confidant confidant uh, consigliere
0: (laughs) no you're not my consigliere I don't think so
1: well you know wait a minute what is a consigliere
0: well it's like a legal type person that maybe didn't go to law school Oh, okay. But they take care of business, if you catch my drift.
1: Oops. Hang on a second. I actually—I just looked it up. It says a member of a mafia family <laughs> okay. serves as an advisor to the leader.
0: Oh, yeah. That may be,
1: maybe. Okay, so not consigliere.
0: No. No, definitely okay. not. Yeah. Uh,
1: all right. Well, you know, confidant, uh, uh, you know, um, yeah. something. Okay, we did it. We covered it. I think yeah. we covered it all.
0: So I, I had this thought yeah. uh, driving in. Um what modern convenience makes you feel extra blessed? Or, or maybe it's just something you've taken for granted. You know, you, you have people that tell you stories of something they went without for all, their whole life and then they they had it and they feel so blessed by it. I think we were talking about neither of us grew up with air conditioning in the house.
1: No. Uh, you know, and uh, my mom would always, you know, she always preferred the, the open windows, she would say. Um, but I just thought she was being cheap. Cause <laughs> she, she would often talk about, uh, you know, it, well, you know, air conditioning is expensive and we, we didn't have it in the house. Um, and I, I, I actually remember when we did get it. Uh, I think it was, it was like summer of 79, summer of 79. Um, my mother had remarried and my stepfather said, well, this, we're going to get some air conditioning here. And we were all pretty excited about it because we assumed a swimming pool was next. (laughs) (laughs) But, uh, and I remember the first time we turned it on, which was summer of 84, I believe. (laughs) (laughs) Uh. Uh, You know, because I, I mean, I remember, we actually, we had it for quite some time and my mother just could not flip that switch.
0: Wow. So the warranty had already expired before you even used it once.
1: Yeah. I don't even know if we knew if it worked. Oh, funny. But, uh, you know, she just, yeah. And I I just, I, she was kind of, I don't want to say set in her way. She just thought, but it's just so expensive to cool the air we can open the windows. We've got 32 box fans in this house. <laughs> you know, in each in each window. <laughs> I mean, it sounded like a turbine inside of our house when all of us went to bed. Yeah, and just you know, had everybody turned on a fan. We all had a fan pointing at our bed. I think oh. we each got our own. F- it was like, here's your birthday present: a fan. Yeah, I could use that in
0: the summer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, what modern but, convenience makes you feel extra blessed, or maybe you've taken it for granted? I'm just curious. Text it to me: eight seven seven nine three three two four eight four. Again, eight seven seven nine three three two four. Eight four, and Patrick and I will uh, talk about it. Uh,
1: I hey, I have one. What is it? Uh, no, okay, so um, this is something you take you take for granted when you're young. Then you get your own apartment, and you realize, oh. And then the next time you move, you say, "I absolutely must have uh, a washer and dryer."
0: Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So the old trips to the laundromat. You, you thought that was going to be okay, and then you realized after a while you you that's a real convenience that makes you feel extra blessed
1: oh yeah absolutely i mean you know, it's funny how when you're young and uh let's say I don't want to say you're not too bright, but you think <laughs> things you know you you think things aren't going to be a big deal yeah and i I remember years later having this uh conversation with my sister-in-law she much younger than me. And she had found a place, and uh, I just—I'm running down the list. I was like, "No parking!" Oh, there's plenty of street parking. I was like, "Really? Okay. You know, wait till you we get home at two o'clock in the morning someday, and it's winter, and you got your cello." All right. Oh no, washer and dryer. Ooh, you're going to hate that? No, no. There's a very, very, it's gonna. There's a close by laundromat. I said, no, it's, I don't care how close it is. <laughs> you are not going to enjoy the process of going to the laundromat because you'll realize I'm babysitting my clothing. <laughs> hmm Because you can't leave. Yeah. You know, you you look around, you think, well, these people. You know, pretty much everybody there is wearing the last clean item they have, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, <laughs> mm-hmm. They have run through everything yeah. and they're going, well, there's that T-shirt and those shorts. So, nobody really looks all that presentable and you're thinking, I don't know. They're probably looking at my clothes saying, that's some nice stuff. And if I take it, I don't <laughs> have to come back here. <laughs> mm-hmm. I remember, I think it was when I finally and I ended up getting an apartment, I was – I was at a laundromat. I'm doing my my laundry and then babysitting it, sitting over reading a book or something like that because that's what you did. And somebody comes over and says, uh, those are your clothes over in that um that dryer over there. And I was like, yeah. He says, well, there's like a, I was just walking by and there was a big old flame. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: It's like a, a flame. He goes, yeah, like fire, like fire. I said, fire, fire in, in my clothing. Now... This is early '80s, right? So I, I will admit I had some synthetic material clothing that was, let's say, nylon in the shape of parachute pants. Yes, those were popular. <laughs>
0: mm-hmm. And it turns
1: out those don't do well with fire, or you can't iron them. Yeah. If did you did you ever have any nylon clothing and try to iron it?
0: No, I I, I didn't.
1: Well, it's a magic trick oh. because when you pick up the iron, there's nothing there. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. So yeah, I was working in a restaurant back then, and I was you know I I, I used to carry all these gags. I used to do the you, know, you remember flash paper? You know, oh sure. You, you know, it's 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 chemically treated paper, and if it touches something hot, it it does this magical you know, whoosh. and was really fun. And I I did goofy stuff you know as as a server in a restaurant. And uh, I, anyway, I'm at the laundromat, and I'm, the guy tells me there's a fire, and I I walk by I go, huh. and as I'm staring in the dryer, I see this. <laughs> flame i go oh, oh my oh my so I, I go get it was for real and i, I get the, the manager and i say i uh this doesn't you know he says really there was a fire and then almost on cue yeah. he's like go, go get them out of there get your clothes out of there and so now i have this nylon clothing that is melted oh wow my parachute pants my lovely parachute that's why <laughs> i don't have them today <laughs> mm. Anyway, he says, you know, you you just you assess the damages and you let me know and he puts a big old out of order sign on there and I take my somewhat damp yet melted clothing home and as I'm sorting through it I find in one of the pockets a package of flash paper that I had left. <laughs> oh no. So, so this this chemically treated explosive paper I had left in a pocket of my oh. pants. And, uh, cause I was probably doing some goofy magic trick somewhere oh, and, uh, when it would get hot enough in the dryer, a piece would break loose and flare up as if there was just a burst of flame. Oh, wow. Now in my, to my credit, I did not go back and claim any damages yeah, and ask to have my clothing
0: replaced. Nor you should have. But Are, to
1: my shame, I never went and told them it was my fault.
0: <laughs> <laughs> All right, Patrick, I'm getting a whole bunch of responses. Hot water coming out of the shower. Uh, oh. electric garage door opener uh, another hot water here's another one turn signals on automobiles uh, not
1: that I, everybody uses them
0: <laughs> yeah i feel blessed to have indoor plumbing my dad grew up without it and i always uh, told he he always told us how spoiled we were i didn't realize how much we were until i did missions trips to third world countries
1: Okay, so in the third world country thing, I have a, a friend, National Guardsman, did a couple tours of Afghanistan. And uh, I said, what's one of the things that you missed? Just take a guess. What? Ice cubes. Oh. He said, I, you know, I'd go months without seeing an ice cube. <laughs>
0: <laughs> mm-hmm. He says
1: everything, every, every beverage I drank was hot and it was yeah. hot there.
0: Yeah. How about, how about cruise control on my riding lawnmower? I want one of those. Wait, hang on a
1: second. On a mower?
0: On a riding lawnmower, yes. Cruise control.
1: Well, I don't. I mean, are you? Is there a danger that you're going to bump <laughs> into somebody?
0: <laughs> I don't know. It's real hard to hold that throttle for stretches What's of. A, uh, stretches
1: my current, of car My current car has this adaptive cruise control, and it can sense if I'm getting too close at my current speed to the car in front of me, and it adjusts the speed. That's pretty sweet.
0: That's, That's pretty sweet. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Who's controlling Yeah. Wow. How about when our family got our first digital calculator in the 70s? Some of the digits looked strange, and you could flip it upside down and spell some words. I remember that. Yeah. That was
1: good. Yeah, you, everybody, everybody spelled hello.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: You know, on their calculator. Well, yeah. we got Pong. Grandma gave us Pong. Remember the game, you know, from, I think it was Atari that made that one. Yeah. And uh, it was, you know, I believe the first video game, that was for home purchase and just a couple of paddles in a, a simulated ball that kind of went back and forth.
0: Yeah. And yeah. you could play for hours. Yeah, that's true. That's true. So if you have a modern convenience that makes you feel extra blessed, we'd love to hear it. Or maybe you just, you've taken it for granted and now you just want to come clean and say, yeah, I've taken that for granted. I love a hot shower. I love indoor plumbing. If you have it, let me know. Otherwise, uh, Patrick and I got a whole other topic to talk about today. 877-933-2484. We're here for you, so we'll go any direction you want us to go. We'll be right back. Hi there and welcome. If you are a new listener, we want to officially welcome you with a free welcome packet gift. Request yours today at myfaithradio.com. Welcome to the show. If you just tuned in, my friend Patrick Albanese, who I like to start the week off on a lighter note because I think a merry heart is like good medicine, we like to talk about uh, things that are a little nostalgic from time to time. But today we were Mm -hmm. just uh, mentioning about modern conveniences that you feel very blessed by. Or maybe something you've just taken for granted and you want to fess up and say, hey, if it wasn't for, uh, like for example, my dishwashing machine. uh, Haven't had one since I moved out of dad's house. Now I have a dishwashing machine. That's a
1: big deal. Yeah uh-huh. your first apartment is often lacking things you took for granted dishwasher you say well i'll just you know i'll just use the one dish <laughs> you, yeah, yeah. Uh, or paper plates you know you uh, very often don't have maybe a parking spot you certainly don't have a garage you might not have a washer and dryer and uh, you, you know you, you know you don't you don't think it's going to be a big deal and, and it's funny then the older you get the more you start to put on your list the non-negotiables like uh you know mine's gotten kind of ridiculous of course you have to have that stuff but then you start you know getting into things like i would like to have a south facing driveway please right and and you see, people would say that don't know people that know know, right people that don't know say well, why why would it be important because it will be sh- because it will be easier to shovel the snow mm
0: mm-hmm. mhm yeah. If
1: I have a south-facing driveway, it's like, really? You're going, oh, that's very important. <laughs> that's, that's, so, you know, non. Imagine finding your dream house saying, oopsie doodles. Yeah. Look at that driveway.
0: So here's another blessing, Patrick Albanese, a heated steering wheel. Those okay. are nice.
1: Uh, last car had one, current one didn't. Didn't think I'd miss it. And uh, I, you know. I, these are first world problems. I know. Well, I get it. Boy, oh boy, that toasty steering wheel. That is. Yeah. In fact, I was looking. I've been looking to replace my car, and the car dealer had a very nice car, and I loved everything about it, but it had no heated seats. Mm. And I said, "Just who do you think I am?"
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So we we have some modern conveniences that make us feel very blessed, and yeah. are, we got a nice list from uh, people saying this is what I. Feel blessed, or maybe I've even taken it for granted. So,
1: well, like on the car thing, like the heated steering wheel, that you know, just that tailgate that opens up, you know, uh, by itself.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And I just got my
1: last car had one, and you could, oh, sorry, you could wave your foot underneath it. Yeah. And it would open up, which was kind of cool, except when your hands are full of groceries, the last thing you want to do is stand on one foot on a sheet of ice. (laughs) I just thought I'd mention that. Yeah.
0: A remote car starter. That's pretty nice. Oh. That's a blessing in a big way, especially if you live in Minnesota.
1: hmm And yep. the newer ones that hook up to your smartphone where uh, on some of the vehicles you can say, and please have the cabin at 72 degrees when I arrive.
0: Yeah, that's pretty sweet. It's oh, pretty that's sweet. very sweet. Now, Patrick, you and I are, are big fans of routines. You and I are both yes. routine-oriented. We talk about our routines off-air. And I thought, well, maybe we should talk a little bit about some of our routines on air. Now, I found this uh, as I was doing a little bit of research. And um, it, this was very catchy because it, it had this alliteration, which doesn't necessarily make it easy to remember, but it's fun to talk about. And yeah. I, I don't specifically know the names of the people that generated this document, but they talked about um, uh, having a, a, a wake-up Call. There's your first W. It's a wake up call. And it's dedicating your day to God. So maybe you wake up and you say, "God, you are so good. Thank you for this brand new day. And I ask you to mm-hmm. to lead me and guide me in the way I should go. But and and bring people into my life today that you want me to to have influence with. And I'm mm-hmm. asking this in Jesus' name. So you, this is your wake up moment. And then uh, it talked about uh, the next W is get some water. Ha- have huh. like eight gulps of water because you've gone, you know, six to ten hours of, of sleep without water. Your body's pretty uh, – Pretty lacking, dried out. It's lacking hydration. Yeah.
1: I do that. I, okay. So I'm doing pretty good so far.
0: Okay. Uh, yeah. Know, so I th-
1: sure hope the next one is do a crossword puzzle.
0: No, it's not. <laughs> it's not. Yeah, It's not. The next one is another W. It's, it's word. Spend time in the word, start interacting with God's word and start to Mm. open your Bible. And maybe you're, you've got a systematic reading plan. Uh, Maybe you do a random, maybe you read from the gospel and a Psalm and proverb every day, but be in this routine of saying, this is what I do. I'm going to wake up. I'm going to dedicate my day to God. I'm going to get some water just to give my body some hydration. And then I'm going to get into the word. And the next one.
1: Yeah, no, no, I'm not going to get into the crossword. I'm going to get into the the word, word okay. not the
0: crossword. Yeah, gotcha. Okay. And the next W is wait on God. Wait on God, which is oftentimes hard to do, but you mm-hmm. do that through prayer and through listening. You know, we and
1: it's so quiet in the early morning. It is. It's yeah. really the best time to do it.
0: Yeah, um,
1: I do find that. That's my my you know the rest of the day can always get away from you but you know the, the the early morning you you can control it you know especially if you wake up early enough where you say okay nothing can distract me nobody's going to call there's nothing on TV this right. is my time to communicate and why put any of this stuff off why put off communicating with god why don't i start the day with that Amen. i do like
0: that yeah so yeah. start with your your wake up call so you you open your eyes and your first thought is dedicating your day to God and then grab some water because it's good for your body. It's really important. Mm -hmm. And then get into the word and then wait on God with prayer and listening. And again, Patrick, like we say, we're so easily distracted. There's so much noise in the world. You can be Mm -hmm. so distracted. How are you going to hear from the Lord if you're preoccupied with other things? And the next one is uh, worship and almost just try to cultivate a... Uh, the power of just your own personal worship. Maybe you find a song or a hymn or something that you just kind of get lodged in your head for the day. Maybe it's a an old chorus or a, a contemporary worship song or mm-hmm. something that's on your phone or your computer, and you can just go, "I'm just going to listen to that song. That song is going to get me in a, in a good mood, and it's going to give my heart a spirit of praise and worship." And that song may kind of stick in my head for the rest of the day,
1: yeah, well, you know it's uh, so I know you've worked with people that suffer from addiction problems, and one of the things I've noticed about uh, evil or uh, you know you know the bad stuff is it tries to grab a hold of somebody first thing in the morning uh, and i've I've seen it with people that struggle with addiction that if if somebody has a drinking problem and they drink a beer at five o'clock in the morning. The rest of the day is written off as a total loss for them the, you know the the bad thing tries to get a hold of them first thing in the morning so that it owns them for the whole day so why not turn the tables on that and say let me dedicate my first thing my very first things in the morning to god so that god has a hold of me for the mm-hmm. whole day mm-hmm. just take just turn that system on its head just
0: yeah. a thought so routines are wonderful i th- god, god is a god of order i think When we have more order in our life, I think we're happier. I think we're we're more efficient. Um, So just for review one more time, this routine uh, is just to wake up, dedicate your your day to God, make sure you get some hydration. And this is even before you have your your coffee or your tea or whatever it is. Uh, Just get a little bit of hydration in you. It's going to help you Mm -hmm. feel better, and it's going to help you wake up a little bit faster. And that's going to put you in a place to spend some really meaningful time in God's word and then don't forget to wait on the Lord and and say lord how can i hear from you today and he'll honor mm-hmm. that and then have a spirit of worship have something in your in your uh, day that goes i thought of that song this morning or that old hymn we used to sing when we were uh kids and let that just be part of what's in your what, what's in your head for the rest of the day
1: well and and what would you say your best guess you know this is the first 15 minutes of your day. I know. I know. I know. It's a nice little routine. Enjoy it's it. It's a small investment of time to just set you off on the right foot for the whole day. Yeah. I like it a lot. Yeah. I, it's, if, if I can just remember the five W's, you know, that does help. The elimination does, does kind of help.
0: Yeah, it does. So, yeah. hey. Uh, oh, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, go ahead. I'm sorry. Well,
1: we're I was just, just going to say, I, I wanted to get one. If, if anybody has, it's my 15th anniversary with my wife this week. I wasn't sure. I don't know if I can trust Google. It says that the ideal gift is a Nicolas Cage sequin throw pillow, and I just want to bounce it off <laughs> the listeners to see if that is if uh, that's accurate. Uh, I've me, got it ordered.
0: Trust me, it's not. All right, we've okay. just got a couple more conveniences that people I feel blessed by. I just want to make sure I get these in before we run out of time, Patrick. Uh, okay. four, four-wheel drive, boy. Tell me that's. Oh yes, that's important one. Um again I'm I'm another person says I've been very grateful for my hot my hot my hot water.
1: I've got a simple one and one you might not think of round plates. Because a couple of years ago my wife bought these very fancy square plates and when you put them in the dishwasher they rotate and get caught and I have never been happy.
0: Yeah. <laughs> and the last <laughs> and the other one,
1: day she showed up with round plates and I was happy.
0: The last one might be my favorite. When I moved out of my parents' house, my first apartment lacked one very important thing, free groceries. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it,
1: there was that magical moment when you come home, open the fridge, and you say, filled.
0: <laughs> I know. All right, Patrick, thanks so much. Have a great rest of the Thank day. You too. Yep. You too. Patrick Albanese Bye. has been my guest to get things started We're going to take a break and then the Monday afternoon mix. Pastor David Miles will be right with us. Welcome to the show. I am glad to be looking at Pastor David Miles. He's sitting across the studio. I'm looking in the direction of Ryan, who's producing. We have the potential, I'm just saying potential, for the Monday afternoon mix. And I don't even know if Ryan wants to participate. I didn't ask.
2: Him. I, I think Ryan should Participate.
0: I'm here whenever you need it, Bill. I say the same thing every time. It no, still see, rings true today. See, let's talk about that attitude, David. <laughs> That's the kind of attitude that I like. Yes. Right.
2: Just ready to give an answer and jump in. Yeah. Yeah. Whenever needed. All right, David. I've got a lot on my plate today, so let's get going. Well, talk to me. What's on your Well, plate? let's
0: talk about the goodness of God because He is good.
2: Well, God definitely is good. And, uh, you know, one of the things as we've been talking about over the weeks is divine detours and that God is good even despite what's actually going on around us. And so, you know, today I want to spend some time looking at the closing chapters, you know, of Isaiah, you know. And Isaiah, he ministered during uh, the times of Jotham and Ahab and Hezekiah. And so, you know, you have things it's it's not all, you know, green acres and white picket fences. I mean, at the time that Hezekiah's leading, you have Sennacherib coming against um from Babylon to come against the people and to like take out the city, you know, and then mm-hmm. you have situations with the Assyrians. So the idea that we sometimes have in our minds that God is only good when things that we perceive to be good are happening. And then if things that we perceive to not be good, that means somehow that God is not good. Mm -hmm. And so I think Micah speaks into that Mm. um, while addressing the realities of what's going on in his particular time.
0: Yeah, David, let's go to the day Jesus went to the cross. Was there ever a day that he was better to us than that day? Wow. And and if if he was going to be that good to us that day, is there any other day he's going
2: to be less good to us. No, I mean, like, one of the things we talk about, and my dad being, you know, 21 years, 8 months, military, my brother serving in the Navy, um, you know, I, as a kid growing up, had some seizure disorders and, you know, um, and then eventually went on to school on a, a track and field scholarship. But when we talk about military, we'll talk about people laying down their lives and making the ultimate sacrifice, you know, and... Um, sometimes in that sacrifice, it's kind of known that that might be a possibility. And mm-hmm. for some situations for, you know, um, people who have served, uh, sometimes that moment arises and there's, there's, you know, a threat that's there. And people respond, you know, in ways and lay their lives down. Jesus knew from day one, you know, or day eternity, that his purpose he even said that i'm going to come and i'm going to live and i'm going to be handed over to the chief priests and the teachers of the law the religious people of their day and i'm going to be crucified and i'm going to be buried and i'm going to be raised from the dead on the third day and ascend and bring life like he you know he knew those things and um Sometimes if we knew the things that were before us, we'd be less inclined to say like, yeah, I want to sign up for that. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And and knowing that God's with us. I mean like, you know, as our listening family knows, like I had a July that I did not envision, you know. And uh I mean, but Jesus like he knew all these things in advance. And even God knowing those things in advance that giving man free will and knowing that we would rebel and believe the lie and choose something uh, where the world constantly tells us you're missing out on the good stuff when you follow God. And that's that's not true, you know. Um, so, yeah, Jesus is amazing in that he not only um, went to the cross, he stayed on the cross. And he gave his life for us. When all power is in his hands to really, um, looking at the story of Sennacherib and Hezekiah in 2 Kings 19, that Jesus could have called ten legions of angels and wiped all of humanity out if he Mm -hmm. wanted to.
0: David, you said something about in the beginning of eternity. (laughs) Is that how you expressed it?
2: Well, I was saying, like, you know, when you were talking about uh, the day, and I was like, you know, Jesus knew from day one. And then then I'm sitting there thinking, like, well, you know, Jesus' revelation. um, Day timeless. Yeah, thirteen eight. He's the lamb slain before the foundation of the world. So before God even said, let there be light, and a day was made. Yeah actually say there was 24 hours for eternity pass,
0: mm-hmm. But in the beginning, before there was, in the beginning when eternity was beyond our ability to comprehend, mm-hmm. the Trinity made the decision that Jesus would go to the cross. It's a Trinitarian decision. Yeah. So I think some people go, they're, they don't like the idea that that the father sent his son to go be punished. I'm going, no, oh, they were all in on that from the beginning.
2: Yeah, I mean, a, a passage of scripture going back to Isaiah 53, you know, you have um, verse 10 when it's talking about um, Jesus. Or, you know, going back a little bit further, he was despised and rejected by men, a man of sorrows, acquainted with grief, as one from whom men hide their faces. He was despised and we esteemed him not. Surely has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. Yet we esteemed him stricken, smitten by God, and afflicted. But he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. Upon him was the chastisement that brought us peace. And with his wounds we are healed. And then verse 6 goes on to say, All we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned everyone, like not just one, everyone everyone to his own way. And the Lord has laid on him, the iniquity of us all. Mm-hmm. I mean, it should actually be that the Lord has laid on us the iniquity of ours. Um, and he was oppressed, he was afflicted, yet he opened not his mouth like a lamb that is led to the slaughter, like a sheep that is before it, shearers is silent. So he opened not his mouth. By oppression and judgment he was taken away, and as for his generation who considered that he was cut off, Out of the land of the living and stricken for the transgressions of my people. Then verse 10 says this, yet it was the will of the Lord to crush him. He has put him to grief. I think the King James says it was the will of the father to crush the son. Mm -hmm. Like, wow. You know, and then it says when his soul makes an offering for guilt, we shall see. He shall see his offspring. He shall prolong his days and the will of the Lord shall prosper in his hands. So again, that part of the will of the Lord, it's not like God was sitting there like, and Jesus is like, wow, how did I end up here? You know, I mean, like I can say, you know, when beginning of July and all of a sudden I'm like, wow, how did I end up like here with this? Jesus didn't say that. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and sometimes, Bill, you know what? That's unsettling for us. So, you know, we do things to say, well, That's uncomfortable, so God could not have known the future. So things like open theism, where we're like, God doesn't know, you know, it's 4.39 our time in 35 seconds. Well, a person would say, I'm not comfortable with that, so God doesn't know what's going to happen at 4.40. But you have to tear out and tear up a lot of scripture to get to the point that your subjective emotions can be okay with this. And so um, it wasn't... By accident. And when we then begin to unpack all the various prophecies of Jesus that actually, you know, place him there. So, like Micah 5 2, you know, written, you so, read that. written earlier. But you, O Bethlehem Ephratos, who are too little to be among the clans of Judah, for from you shall come forth for me one who is to be ruler in Israel, whose coming forth is from old, from ancient days. And like this is the passage that's quoted. And the Gospels upon Jesus coming on how Christ, that the Savior, that the Messiah would be born in Bethlehem. Not in the capital of David, Jerusalem, but no, this small little city off away. And and here, all those years later, Jesus is born in Bethlehem. And so countless prophecies bear witness to this incredible God um, who is good. And good because he is God, and his good sometimes differs from what we think is
0: good.-hmm when you talked about the Isaiah passage, all like we all like sheep have gone astray, and the Lord on has laid on him the iniquity of us all. I just had in my mind the this image of of Jesus being flogged, taking the the whips. Yeah, and it's heartbreaking to watch. I've seen, you know, obviously, you've just seen it in movies. It gives you an idea of kind of the the brutality that went on, but it's just it's it's just so powerful to think of the love, the sacrifice.
2: Yeah, I mean, like you know, Tammy and I, we would watch the Passion during the Passion Week. Mel uh, no, Gibson's Passion. Yeah, I would too. You know, and you see this, and you see this flogging, and these things happen, and you see this stuff happening, and, you know, Paul would talk about the 40 lashes minus one being considered humane. Now, I'm going to take a brief aside, because something that I actually think is kind of asinine, and and Webster's defines that as foolish and silly, is um, some dear friends way down south in Florida decided to want to remake, you know, American history regarding the African-American struggle, and say that you know, slavery had provided personal developmental skills to black Americans, okay? And that was kind of done to make people comfortable. But I don't think anybody would ever say, like, the Holocaust happened to make people have personal developmental skills. And my friend Annie Gray just returned from doing a Sankofa, and we realized that people used to flog their slaves, like, past 40 lashes, and would beat them. And so I'm making the correlation that sometimes for our subjective emotional comfort will sometimes turn something to make us feel better. But like, you know, they literally beat people back then with a cat of nine tails. So for anyone to conclude that it's just personal development, and we, we need to say like Jesus was just having personal development, but that's not the case. Like to this day, when I watch the passion and I see Jesus get flogged, I'm, I'm, dude, I tears fill my eyes. And to sit there and think that Jesus got whipped, and I don't think that's any sort of day by the sea and tear for him entire. Like, this is a very, very real thing. And then to think, like, back to what we're saying, that he went there intentionally. That the one who created all things, created the stones, created Allowed the animals to be born that the rocks and the bones and allowed metal to be made that would make up the catanine tails to then be used to flog him is, is utterly astonishing, or God allowed there to be trees and forces, and yet he allowed himself to be crucified. Upon a tree that would have never existed, Colossians one fifteen through twenty, if God would not have allowed the world to be created. Mm-hmm. So, like that is just like utterly baffling. Yeah, what Jesus went through. So the fact that it even says in Isaiah that it it pleased the Father to crush the Son, and out of that, um, we end up having this eternal life, and we have this this. uh Relationship, because only Jesus, as the sinless one, could actually pay the penalty for man's transgressions.
0: Mm-hmm. Now, I probably won't be able to re- recall this correctly, David, because I'm just trying to recall what I know. But when it talks about crushing the son, the, I think the Hebrew word is tola, T-O-L-A. And there was a certain uh, bug that w- you would be crushing that bug. And when you did it, it would help produce the crimson-colored dye. Mm. So we're back into Isaiah chapter 118. Uh, and also that as he's being crushed, the word they used is tola, which is the idea that this bug that got crushed is was used to make the crimson-colored tapestries and, and clothing. So wow. people knew that color. So he was... He was showing that he was being, that he was giving his, his blood for people. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Yeah. You know, Bill, there's some things that they don't produce what's, you know, in that time, crushing grapes produced wine, you know, crushing olives produced olive oil. That there are some things that, you know, literally have to go through that process, um, in order to come out that way. And so one of the disservices that we sometimes you know, do is that we, we don't help prepare people for difficult times so that when they do come, our inclination is to say, okay, I'm not digging this. This is not exactly equating to what I think it should be, so um, therefore you can't be who you say you are. And and the reality is that for all of us who just took our last breath, it's because God is good. Because if the wages of sin is death, that's like end of life separation. If the wages, the things that we earn is death, that's not good.
0: Mm -hmm.
2: And so, like, but it goes on to say, but the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus. Yeah.
0: And even in John 18, it talks about. The night he was arrested, the what would go on to be the worst night of his life it says in John eighteen eighteen that the now the slaves and the officers were standing there, having made a charcoal fire for it was cold, and they were warming themselves. Not only was he suffering the worst night of his life, but it was cold
2: <laughs> yeah just it doesn 't end does it it doesn 't no. and and here 's the thing i I can speak from personal experience. When you're in pain, things that normally don't bother you, that don't seem to be a big deal, are intensified. All the more so.
0: Yeah, I agree. All right, we'll take a break. We'll be right back with more of the Monday Afternoon Mix. Pastor David Miles is here, and we are talking about how good God is, and he's so good. We'll be right back. We want to pray for you. We all need prayer. We would love to pray for you. The Faith Radio team is serious about prayer, and we pray for specific listener requests every week. Share your prayer requests with us anonymously and securely on our website at myfaithradio.com. Back with Pastor David Miles, the Monday Afternoon Mix. Not quite this jazz music we're used to, but I like it. It's a little softer. The new season of jazz. It is.
2: <clears throat> do you like jazz?
0: I, I, I love jazz. Mitchell, what do you like for music? Which this time? is this is all right. I don't mind this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I bet his parents like it. Oh yeah. You're not oh, yes. wrong. Yeah. No, I figured I'm right about that. Yes. Yeah, I figured <laughs> I'm <laughs> right about that.
2: I'm kind of eclectic. I like all sorts of stuff. You know, yeah. love piano music, George Winston. I love and George Winston. George Winston. Special. you ever see him live? I have wanted to. I had not. Yeah.
0: I saw him at Orchestra Hall in Minneapolis once. Did you really? It was mesmerizing, yeah.
2: His um, Winter into Spring album That's is one of tasty. my one of my favorites. He song. recently died, too. Did you know that? <gasps> I did not
0: know that. Yeah, he's passed away. No way. Yeah, he died in the last six, eight months, I think.
2: Oh, my goodness. So now I definitely don't like, get to go see him, because if they did happen to show up, that'd be really interesting. Lazarus, too. Yeah, 0. that would be kind of weird. So. Yeah um he died june 4th wow yeah i i loved writing and even writing like poetry or just different things like listening to him or journaling because there's just something very very rich about um yeah just his 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 music
0: yeah i i find it very very calming as well kind of get swept away you can mm-hmm. find yourself being taken away, which I like once in a while.
2: Well, another one is William Ackerman. Oh, yeah. I love him, too. And his imaginary roads. Yeah. You now know. we're talking music. We, we are talking music. We're, we're off the track here. Well, you know, in some ways, the beauty of the symphony of what God has done in creation bears witness to who he is, and we call that general revelation. And then, you know, special revelation is the revealing of God's word And the revealing of his son. So like Hebrews 12 says, you know, at former times, um, God spoke through the prophets, but in these last days, he's spoken through his son, Jesus Christ. And so, you know, when we're going back to looking at scripture, the amazing thing about literally the most important, most impactful literary work ever, ever written is the Bible. Mm -hmm. And yet from Genesis to Revelation, there's that one thread. There's that one I don't know if chord, I might be hurting music theory people's mind by getting that wrong. But there's this there's this this single thread that points to the person of Jesus. And, you know, like, you know, you have the the heights of bursting forth with creation that God does in Genesis chapter one. And the beauty of making Adam and Eve and and God's kingdom is there and he's called us to this cultural mandate of be fruitful, multiply, fill the earth and subdue it. And you see this richness in the garden that God has provided everything. So this is very just joyous thing. And then argh, argh, this music that opens up Genesis chapter 3 and this, this snake comes in. And so like you see the ups and downs of this incredible orchestra, cosmic, you know, angelic, galactic, you know, orchestra piece that just weaves its way through. You know, the Old Testament. And then you have that pause of 400 years that would just seem like forever. Yeah. And then you see this little twinkling someplace off. And so, like, there's this thing, and it brings you back to what you were saying earlier, Bill. Like, it, it comes to God's goodness and Jesus being in the cross and, you know, on the cross and dying. And then those chords of saying, like, wow, this is truly over. And then that Sunday morning, the tune changes and there's this triumphal, you know, sound and this breaking forth. And so, yeah, we're talking about music, but there's this incredible, you know, masterpiece that set to music is God's, you know, salvific history of man for his glory.
0: hmm Every time you start mentioning this David and we talk about the cross, we talk about the resurrection, and we talk about the sacrifice. My head just burst with excitement about someone who just tuned in, who maybe just discovered Faith Radio, who might be going, "What? Tell me more. Well, what are you guys talking about? What, how do I know this God you're talking about?"
2: You know, it it doesn't take. A lot to look around and to see, like things aren't the way that they were meant to be. And there's this longing inside of our heart for, for something perfect, you know? And uh, in, in essence, God had created a perfect world and man did choose to go their own way. And there's this brokenness, this despair, this death end and end. Now, there's still beauty, there's still these things that, that are there and in relationships, but there's this, this almost like something's not quite right. And in man's attempt to make sense, and even with their own hands and work, uh, Isaiah chapter 1 says, we we sought to, you know, build broken wells that hold no water. Um, God saw our plight. And as scripture said, at the right time, God sent his son, born of a woman, into the world to redeem those who were under the law in the pain of sin's penalty, which is death. And God, who is not like a man... Chose to send his only son, Jesus Christ, a real person, into the world to live a life that we couldn't live, to die a death that we couldn't die, and to raise from the dead. And and Bill, you know what? That's a game changer because Muhammad lived, died, Buddha Buddha lived, died, um, Krishna lived, died, you know, all these various people lived and died, and only Jesus said he would live, die, and he rose from the dead and conquered mankind's greatest fear, which is death and separation in the end. Mm -hmm. And so he did that, and he rose from the dead to give eternal life to us. And also to establish his kingdom rule and reign of love and grace and peace and, and just to model God's heart for humanity.
0: Yeah, I mean, all religious world, religious leaders tell you how to get close to God christianity has the leader who says i am god
2: there's a big difference yeah there is and so like in our passage here in micah 7 you know micah says in 718 who is a god like you pardoning iniquity and passing over transgressions Okay, like that's huge in our day because like one of the largest genre of mu of movies actually deals with revenge. Like a lot of times, people are you know there's this old um, Irish b- button in an Irish uh, tour shop. It says to forget you know to f- to err is human to forgive is out of the question. <laughs> <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. um, and so. You know, sometimes we're we're wanting people to get their just desserts. Not, not dessert. Like, we're not wanting cheesecake or ice cream. Like, people are wanting people to get their just desserts for doing something that we can even perceive or seems to be wrong. But all of us have sinned and fallen short of God's moral perfection. And here the passage says, Who is a God like you, pardoning iniquity and passing over transgressions for the remnant of his inheritance? He does not retain his anger forever, because he delights in steadfast love. He will again have compassion on us. He will tread our iniquities underfoot. He will cast all our sins into the depth of the sea. You will show faithfulness to Jacob and steadfast love to Abraham, as you sworn to our fathers from the days of old. That's, that's Micah speaking this prophecy in the midst of difficulties mm-hmm. to say, though the situations are crazy, God is faithful.
0: Amen. Thank you, Pastor David Miles. Always great to see you. Thank you for the Monday afternoon mix coming up after a short break. Ken Samples is going to join us, and we are going to talk about this topic, Are Human Beings Exceptional? Are Human Beings Exceptional? Get ready for that. After a short break, Ken Samples, up next.